Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Hope you can hear me. I've just been frantically trying to find some headphones because hopefully I'm going to be joined by a special guest all of a sudden. I love it when this happens, right? Something happens in the social media MSK space. I think that's a good thing for the show. And then I think, but more importantly, I'd love to talk about it with someone. And then I cast the net out and say, right, short notice, who fancies it? And today I got a response. So I was expecting to be doing a bit of a solo today, but instead I put that out there and got a response. And so I've been frantically trying to find my headphones. Now it does mean that the titles uh, aren't appropriate. Normally if we had a guest co-host for even a few minutes, we would have them in there. But unfortunately, as is just the nature of just how quick we think on our feet for chewing it over means that we've had to, uh, we've not been able to do that and therefore extend the courtesy to Thomas Deckers, who's going to be joining me uh, to discuss this. Now, as you might have seen in the titles, and, and by the way, because I've just been frantically trying to find the, the hardware that I need, please do uh, let me know if you can hear loud and clear. I'm also nervous because I forgot my little fancy new chewing it over 4G dongle thing. So we're relying on the practice Wi-Fi again. So I'm a bit paranoid on that. So do let me know if you can hear okay. As the titles explain, and we've discussed this before on the show and beyond, is that there's NHS private practice contentions that can occur, some of which totally cliched, caricatured, irritatingly immature conversations. And then there's some really well, you know, really interesting conversations that can be had about that. But sometimes I think it's challenging because our sort of sensitivity dials are sometimes, I'd say, poorly calibrated there. I think my own can be, um, having worked across sectors. And when I see people paint with too broad a brush, I think it can sort of rankle me a little bit. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today, is that for a, a number of things happened, and I'll put up the p tweets in a second, and then I think I can see Thomas is in the lobby now, which is great. So Thomas, uh, thumbs up if you can hear me. You can hear, but you, I, I'm afraid I can't hear you. I saw his mouth move, though, so I'm, I'm confident that the technology is going to work okay. Uh, I can't hear you yet, Thomas, purely because I haven't brought you in yet. But as long as you can hear me for the second, I'll bring you in in a sec. But I got a thumbs up from him, so excited to have his his thoughts on this. He gave some really thoughtful replies on the, on the, on the old Twitter. But what happened was, so without me just sort of framing it all, I've, I've pulled a couple of example tweets here. Um, I wish I'd have pulled one of Thomas's actually now. Um, but essentially, Declan O'Hara, someone I don't know, but he he's basically said that a patient in first contact practice clearly got, got uh, greater trochanteric pain syndrome. Went on to see a local private physio, said he was given a massage, told his multifidus was tight, £50 a session. Then he's making the point that he's underpaid in the NHS and it kills him. And he's frustrated at poor practicing physios with a, an exceptional sulky gif, right? Which I've only been able to get a still of. Now, We've also then, but what, what that brings is an interesting conversation in many different ways, but as to whether or not this is something that, you know, has Declan got the wrong end of the stick? Should he have gone about this differently? Is this the right forum for people to express these opinions? All these conversations we can have. But one of the things that's interesting, Claire Robertson, a friend of mine, someone who's, whose opinion I, I most, much admire, is an example tweet that comes in response to this, which is so typical in saying, yes, but it's a two-way street. My practice is nearly all second opinion. Many patients seek me out and self-pay as they were just given an exercise sheet in the NHS. In all walks of life, in all settings, you get good and bad professionals. I'm so done with this debate of NHS versus private. Well, here I am further in that debate. Sorry, Claire, uh, but I'm going to get stuck into it once again, because I think it is, there are some interesting features to it. So what I wanted to just, just highlight before I bring Thomas in is that me, to move things forward, it involves us recognizing 
where some of the claims that in the broad brush occurs, right, where it's not fair, and then where is it that there is an interesting conversation to be had, where we need, I'm just going to take the low-hanging fruit, where we need certain poor practicing private practitioners who might be profiteering unnecessarily and over-treating. Overcharging, I think, is a totally different claim, and we can talk about that, and I think Thomas has got some great things to say on that, because that's something that you're the market dictates your price, right? I'm, I'm less bothered about that, but the over-treating, unethical over-treating, inferring things that aren't happening, selling sickness, everyone knows I'm against. But then on the NHS side, ridiculous amounts of complacency and poor practice that can occur because of other motivating factors the fact that they don't have to sing for their supper they're jumping through a waiting list sometimes that complacency can lead to poor practice i've spoken about that at length right so but what i'm irritated by sometimes is that we can't necessarily have one of those conversations without needing to have the whole conversation and so maybe we can cut through it because if we get thoughtful thinkers in this direction then i know we can make progress so that's what i'm doing but apologies claire if you think that this is only stoking fires that you're hoping would just fizzle out but let's hope the technology works and hopefully i can bring in thomas deckers thomas can you hear i can me? hear you sir how are you fantastic great to speak to you thank you so much for that's joining me I'm not, so, I'm not so bad especially at such short notice yeah, so i really do appreciate it so i want to just throw it over to you um uh, and say just can you give me your hot take on this whole topic? I've, I've done a bit of a waffly intro there, um, but feel free to push back on any of it if you need. But just generally, what's your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, uh, really interesting. First of all, thanks for having me on. I'm a, re I'm a big fan of what you do, Jack, and it's, a, it's really important to have these conversations which are profession-wide. And I suppose um, I, like you, probably are very along the lines of um, uh, this is a profession-wide uh, discussion, and really what it comes down to is how we treat um, the individual patients. So what I really liked about your tweet this morning was that when I tweeted it, I had to check my own dials to see that I wasn't getting emotional as a private practitioner. All right. And then I saw so I so I rechecked myself. So, OK, am I am I fighting the corner for the private practice here? And then I then I, I, I reflected, said, no, I'm not necessarily doing that. What I don't like to see in the profession is the finger pointing of, of people being lumped into the private practice or the or the NHS. Um, or the NHS sides of the line, so to speak. And there should be no line at, at the end of the day. Uh, I've got experience in both. I've worked for many years in the NHS and I've worked for many years in private practice. Currently, we have two private practices here in, in, in Ireland. And um, like Claire, I see a, a good deal. We have second referrals as well. People who have come from um, public services um, where they have been dissatisfied. But that is by no means to say that people aren't dissatisfied by private um, uh, uh, practices either. So um, it's an interesting debate, both from the clinician's point of view and from the patient's point of view. Um, and I think a lot of interesting points were raised this morning. I'm delighted to delve into them a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's fascinating, isn't it? And what a brilliant opportunity for us to get stuck in and, and, and tidy things up. So one of the things that me and you had a back and forth, mm -hmm. on, which obviously, like, you, you, I'm pleased you're aware of my work enough to know that I wasn't just being yeah, yeah, yeah. for the sake of it, yeah. just, which is which is reassuring because sometimes I, I'm worried about that because we've not engaged before. Hopefully this is the first of many, of course, but generally speaking, I am concerned that sometimes it might seem as a bite, but I, I sometimes do admit that we there are different there are different sub conversations that we can make progress on without needing to always caveat it with the whole mm -hmm. and me and you by the sound of things i'm so pleased you've been able to so succinctly just frame your take on this we just agree i can just see that you know i can so see that we'd be so similarly frustrated by the bad behavior of poor poor clinicians that aren't serving the individual and scaling their function and, and enriching their lives in the ways that we know that our skill set can. So I'm so pleased for that. 
But I suppose what I was sort of wondering, and in your subsequent tweets, you tied it up, and, and I realized that there was so much similarity there. But generally speaking, it was like when Declan makes that point, I see so much legitimacy to that frustration on its own, right? As a point on that individual case. And unless he is mistaken, and it turns out that that patient is presenting a, a situation as it didn't occur, which of course sometimes can happen, but let's just take it on face value and say that that's what happened. And I don't see any reason why it couldn't. It's not a totally bizarre, confounded example. I think the conversation that can occur there to then say, unfortunately, there is a subset of private practice that are full of shit for want of a better term. I know it's inelegant, but unfortunately we kind of know that that exists. We can argue as to whether it's a fringe or, or a core, but let's say it happens. The conversation around raising those standards and creating appropriate accountability, however we might do that, I think can happen independent of then saying, yeah, but NHS is shit too in these other ways, right? And, and so I know that that's always in play and I'm always bringing it in play, right? But what I was sort of noticing, and obviously, as I say, we've, we've moved on past this now, but I just think that, I don't think we get anywhere if we always have to have the really broad conversation about, yeah, it feels like a bit of whataboutery. Yeah, but this is happening too. And it's like two injustices that have got some similarity and some distinction. We, we can solve one without always having to nod to the other. Do you think I'm being naive there or am I missing something? No, 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 no. I think, I think you're absolutely spot on. And I might have missed some of the previous conversations with Claire Robinson. I mean, this, this is an old conversation. I, I haven't had these conversations on Twitter, but we've been having these since I was qualified. And... Um, uh, I think I think you're absolutely spot on. And where I was probably trying to draw the the conversation to on Twitter, uh, uh, I got sucked into Twitter by this initial thing. I got sucked in by your tweet. I should say that I'm doing I'm doing a PhD, and I should be doing the PhD. And then I just got sucked in. I said, no, no, this is this is in some ways more important. This is real life stuff. We need to we we need to discuss this. And um, I think the point the the two big things stood out to me with that with that. First of all, um, there was. The, uh, the the feeling, not necessarily from Declan's initial uh, tweet, but it was the subsequent tweets within the trend that there was this this right. this, um, this uh, theme that came across from other practitioners that oh, I have patients who've gone to see X practitioner twenty times, they're no better, they keep going back, um, and it it came out in such a way that it was uh, oh the, the 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 therapist who's doing that is doing something that is unethical, and it's and it's it, it, in my in my view it had kind of started. There was people in that uh, tweet who, um, thread who were maybe branding everyone with the same brush, and I was trying to say, okay, first of all, I don't like seeing that because, as I said later, there's brilliant practitioners in the NHS, there's brilliant in in the practice, and there are virtually are opposite in in both areas, and so we need to get away from this partition of private versus public, NHS versus private practice. We need to start talking about individual practitioners. Okay, if you go to see a practitioner in the NHS, it's not a representative of the NHS, although it is in some way, it's representative of the care you were given by that individual practitioner. And you might go to private practice, you might see some of the best private practitioners in the world, and you might go down the street and get um, your greater trochanteric pain syndrome massaged for 50 euro four times a week. Um, so you, we need to we need to step outside of that label that when you go to the NHS you get a certain type of care when you go to private practice you get a certain type of care we need to move beyond that and everyone should be getting the same care within the realms of your perhaps in private practice people have more opportunity to see people sooner they have more opportunity to see people more 
more frequently, but the quality of care within those sessions should be no different. And I'm very passionate about that, um, that, that there's a, there should be no divide in this. This is, we should be well beyond that discussion. And yet, as you said, we have to have the big discussion to hone down, to cut through it. And I hope this is another step forward to kind of just, let's just not have to have these things anymore, you know? No, it's a there's some really good points in there. And I think one, one on which I'll just think it'd be smart for us to just focus on is that then when we uh, acknowledge any relevant differences uh, that can occur, the temptation of some who might have an axe to grind to then paint with that broad brochure to stereotype excessively or to sometimes be clumsy with their words. Sometimes I think that that's a platform issue, especially on something like Twitter where people are needing brevity or the typed word. And, and sometimes you know that's one of the reasons for me doing this show and so pleased to be chatting to you in this format, which is more, more natural, yeah. although of course it'd be sooner as having a drink together or something like that and be more personal. One for the few. One day. But generally speaking, that painting with a broad brush, it seems like that's where we both feel is the big issue, isn't it? And that on an, on an individual level and then on a service level, and then when you go beyond that, you sort of end up going too far away from the actual care delivery, which is where we need to be having the conversation. Absolutely. Like, What are the standards of care quality that we want to aspire to for patients? And we know that there are certain forces that can play a part in different sectors that can give us some unique challenges. But at the heart of it, the care quality suffers and the patient suffers. So when Absolutely. we want to raise standards, that's what we need to keep in mind. Now, when it comes to the private practice, you know, it feels like something that you're more, you're obviously more acutely aware of at the moment. Um, although you, you know, having to wear the other PhD hat, good luck with that, by the way. And by the way, let's make sure that's flagged. That once you've got something to announce in that direction, you come back on the show and we talk about that. Sure. Okay. Um, but then, what, what in the? Do, do you feel that even when I suggest that there are profiteers in the private sector that sort of sell sickness and, and are frustrating in that direction. Do you think that sort of I'm overrepresenting that problem? Or do you think that actually it's a fair shake to say that there is a, a, a fairly chunky percentage that needs to be sorted out? Yeah, there is. There is a a bit and it's so much so that when you can get uh, you can get blinded by twitter because we have these discussions it's a very open discussion people listening to this um uh, uh, uh stream will probably be very much on the same mindset i assume it's the ones who aren't in touch with this i'm still surprised when i patients come in and, and they're and they're told oh they've got uh their their pelvis is twisted or their spine is out of line i mean i see this on a daily basis i see a lot of second right. third referrals final stuff and um I'm, like my jaw drops i try not to do it in front of the patient but i'm like oh my god really are you still being fed this and yet we have to um we have to remember that we're in a bubble in some ways if you're if you're evidence-minded if you're going to conferences if you're if you're on twitter if you're getting cpd and there are a proportion of people who maybe are doing things that they've always done who maybe are too busy to um to maybe um uh, update themselves with evidence-based stuff or maybe just have their own bias and say what i do works this works um and they mm. keep saying the same thing and um we just i don't think i don't think you overrepresented that um it's i the problem is sometimes i think those people who need to hear it aren't on these mediums but that's the problem <laughs> so you're going to keep hearing oh, it. great i so agree yeah. i so agree but it's like i suppose that's one of the things that another another point on this is that there's there's probably every third message that occurs off the back of this not on this feed because people are a bit more thoughtful than this but especially on social media people go there's almost like a uh, a john lennon-esque can't we all just get along type thing we just need to stop sowing division it's like well to some extent talking about these things will help to tidy it up although if it was just for the sake of stoking fires then yeah it's not appropriate but i think one of the things that occurs is that because we're sometimes all close to this conversation and we're recognizing that actually the people that need to hear it maybe aren't able to engage it on social media because they part of the problem is they've been able to 
be siloed and to be isolated and stuff. Some, some at fault of their own and some not at fault of their own. You then end up in this situation where one of the things that I am concerned about is that if people think that the answer is to stop talking about this or stop even pointing at that difference, that's where I can't help but admit that my philosophy on this is that sunlight is the best disinfectant and that whilst it shouldn't be always on the tip of our tongue to talk about the differences and that we should uh, if we did we would obviously lose the patient in the heart of that i do get concerned that sometimes people perceive and you're certainly not one of them is that perceive that it's like to talk about this is only to highlight fringe issues that therefore would compound the problem Whereas to me, it's like a mature conversation in this direction helps to tidy it up, stops people painting with a broad brush, and eventually, we hope, would trickle down to those that need to hear it and to feel a little bit more uh, confronted, at least, by the fact that they should probably aspire to be a better professional and aspire to better their standards. Um, do, you, do you feel that um, we're towing the line okay at the moment with regards to that? accountability the the what people perceive as being sort of clashes or do you think that actually is a bit i'm probably you know because i'm that way out i'm maybe thinking that it's not as uh, as fraught as it is where, where do you stand on the old uh, confrontational aspect uh, that's very interesting there's there's um twitter by its very nature i don't know how it does it in 42 characters, <laughs> characters but it's an awfully emotional platform all right um and uh i've certainly been pulled into a, a, a lot of um, discussions, we'll call them, over the years. Well, you know, I've, waste, I've wasted an entire day of tweeting back and forth and nothing was ever kind of, um, <laughs> nothing was ever kind of uh, solved. So um, I think it's really, I think the first part there is the medium that we're using. Twitter, you put out something like that, what, what, that, what Declan put out there on his tweet was loaded from my point of view with so much that I had to kind of, I had to respond. Sure, um, sure. And then once you respond, there's only so much ways that you can mediate it out. Now, if you've, um, when you got yourself in there and you tweeted back, we can have a little back and forth, and then we realize that we're actually on the same point. But in the initial stage, if you're not, if you don't, if you don't, um, if you don't get stuck in, you won't get what you're going to say out. And secondly, um, you have to be aware and be cognizant. And I've certainly learned a lot from from Twitter in that respect. And I think what you're saying is really good. We need to have these conversations. They need to come out. It's how to, I suppose, become mature on social media as well to not let your emotions run high and listen to what other people are saying. And then eventually what you realize is that most people actually see things in a relatively similar way. It's just not to go down this rabbit hole of parceling people into different um, different things. And then no one's listening to anyone. Everyone's just having their own rant. And then sometimes the trade goes so long that that the whole conversation gets, gets, gets lost. I think what you're doing is brilliant. We need to constantly have these conversations. It won't happen overnight. But there should be, you know, from undergraduate level up to specialist level um, in whatever country you practice, we should be having the same conversations about what is best care for the person in front of you, what is best care within the model or environment that you that you work in, um, and let's constantly work towards that. It won't be perfect all the time, but let's constantly have this trajectory towards best care. And that's where these conversations should always end, you know, they should always finish with that. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if any of my team are watching, in case I forget later, please clip what Thomas just said there as a minute, because we need to repurpose that, because that's brilliant. He's just nailed it far more succinctly than I ever would. I'm about to bring you guys in the chat into, into the conversation in a, in a second. Uh, really appreciating the comments there, but me and Thomas, I, I turned them off for a second because I needed to concentrate. Um, but just um, on that, I find one of the things that, that I end up really grappling with, like really genuinely wondering as to whether or not I'm on the right side of this or not, is 
I get my perception is that one of the things that provides cover for and again, let's just speak to the to the stereotype a second, the profiteering private practitioner or the complacent NHS practitioner. I think one of the things that provides cover for them is those that feign offense at this conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. So those that get carried away, those that aren't willing to engage it like we're doing. And most of the people in the comments and Twitter and stuff weren't that. But there are a few that then just want to suggest that any suggestion in either of those directions by then suggesting that's taboo. That's just ridiculous. We've been through this. There's nothing. There isn't a there there. I think that gives cover for those that just want to free ride and coast and, and, and therefore don't appropriately modernize their standards and, and care delivery. And that's kind of what motivates me often is that I just don't feel like I'm willing to succumb to the fact that, of course, it'd be nicer for me to not say it. Of course, it'd be you know uh, nicer for me to not accentuate what Declan had posted there. But it's just that that seems like a representative example. It's certainly not something that occurs across the board, but generally speaking, I can understand his frustration. And we do need, we, we all want the world to be a better place than that. And I suppose that's one of the things I, I do end up frustrated with is that sometimes the cover that is provided by the conversation getting spoiled is something that I'm a bit more sensitive to than, than most people. And I, that is a bias of mine as a commentator in this space, I guess. Do you, do you feel that... Um, that that is something that you also worry about? Or is it more because of the niche circumstances I found myself in having a weird job <laughs> is, is probably a bit closer to the heart for me? Um, I think I think what you said there is is a fantastic point. You have to, um, for you personally, you must, um, yeah, you realize your role. You're at the forefront of maybe bringing this thing to, uh, to, um, to the profession and in some ways, you don't have necessarily an obligation or an onus, but I really respect the fact that you rehash an argument that you've had probably a thousand times in the past. You probably you've you've done this, you've done this many many times, um, and the fact that then you picked us up and you started it again is brilliant because I'd like to think that I'm on Twitter a bit, I'm up to date, I believe in evidence based, but I haven't had this proper conversation yet. So by you rehashing it brings me into the conversation, brings more people into the conversation. So yeah, we we have to keep having that. And we have to keep yeah living in a bit of an uncomfortable space. If we always want it always to be nice and fluffy and high fivey, um, we won't get anywhere. You know, we have to we have to be able to challenge, but do it in a respectful way. Do it in a way that is well thought out. And when you get a response, um, uh, 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 reflect on it yourself before you just press the send and get emotional because those conversations go nowhere. So uh, I have great respect yeah. what you did, particularly if you've had this conversation a few times. To bring it up again and to go down the rabbit hole again um, is, is brilliant and shows. Yeah, well, it's something that, of course, I don't want it to feel like Groundhog Day, like we're just restoking old fires and stuff. Like I do, but I do feel like each time, each different angle, each different perspective does enhance and enrich it and feel like we can move in the right direction. And this is another example of that. I suppose it's just making sure that I'm not then um, playing into, into division. Uh, which is certainly not something that we want to try and do. It's just that more more perspectives, more angles, it feels like we can make progress. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it. I think I've got a few comments here that I just want to highlight. Thank you so much for those that have engaged in, in the conversation on the various different social medias from what I can tell. As you just noticed, I moved things around trying to bring the live chat up. I thought I'd be a smart ass and use the feature that Jim used the other day, but it turns out that that won't retrofit your comments into it, which is annoying. So let me try and do it one by one. Evie's made an interesting point here. Patient satisfaction is maybe more important in private practice, rightly or wrongly. What do you think to that, Thomas? Um, 
it depends if you want that person to come back and give you the 50 pounds again yeah to an ex to an extent uh, but that's only looking at from 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 the private practitioner's point from the patient's point of view patient satisfaction should always be paramount i don't care where you work um so it's yeah. remiss. It's, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Should yeah. it? I mean, maybe yeah. the, uh, he's probably got a point. Is that there's some again, some that I, I always argue can become complacent with not having to sing for their supper. Sometimes they're maybe not as bothered, and they can be a bit more obtuse than they would like to be. That they should be, and not as you know, which obviously comes to to, to a lack of care. But generally speaking, I, you know, Thomas, is, I, I totally agree with you there, pal. It's it's definitely something that shouldn't sure. exist. Yeah. It, it maybe the fact that it does is something we need to put right. Um, Talita's made a lovely point here. It seems in reply to something Scarsbrook had said, so I've missed the bit that Scarsbrook said, but he's put in, in, in no, she's put in no opinion, in her opinion, no matter if private or NHS is a practitioner, you're likely to provide a bit of what the patient wants to ensure compliance and the revenue to some extent. A lot of what the patient needs to ensure a quality, and then this is where it gets difficult for me to read, an appropriate service and good outcomes and, not, and be a good practitioner. That seems to speak to what you'd mentioned earlier, Thomas, that really these features shouldn't influence care delivery and that fundamentally the rapport building that occurs which means sometimes we have to then meet the patient where they expect yeah is an only reasonable part of msk practice true true and probably comes back to maybe my second comment on that tweet was maybe the bigger question is, is not the, the private versus nhs but why did that patient go towards wanting the opinion of another practitioner and i didn't i didn't sure. tweet that as a nudge to say okay you're a bad practitioner they've gone there but they something in the service that was delivered um did not meet what the person wanted and or maybe it wasn't um said to the person or educated the person that this is what we offer this is why we offered that they had to go down the road and go to another physio um hmm. so so th that's Really interesting point. Sorry, I got a bit of a delay there. I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. It's good. So, I mean, that's uh, that's the interesting point. I mean, I think in the NHS, from that perspective, I've worked there for uh, many years, and I always found treating patients behind a curtain was something that I never, I never liked. I think people um, they spilled a lot of uh, emotional stuff. We had a lot of intense chats, and then right next door, we have a, another physio doing something, doing something else that's quite intimate to the patient. And maybe alone, maybe it's nothing, nothing to do with the clinician. Maybe it's the environment. A lot of things yeah. going on in this in this conversation, you know? I think that's a really good point. You can control more variables. Mm. It's one of the reasons we didn't just set up a private practice under our banner, but we actually built this practice in the shell of an old supermarket because we could control more of those resource related variables, like the actual um, the building, the facility. Mm. I mean, we, we have our opportunity to have a really private consultation for a subjective assessment and then most of the time we're in the gym but when we need to we have that ability to make sure there's walls between patients and sometimes that is just a facilities problem that can't occur necessarily yeah. in the public sector and sometimes it matters sometimes it doesn't and those sorts of variables are interesting things for us to tease out that will play a part and as you said expectation management is so yeah. at the heart of this that if you're painting with the broad brushes that we're trying to avoid here you will just think that that is purely on and you're never taking any responsibility for the parts of it that you could have done better and i think that that really speaks to that tweet that you made which is that let's if we're thoughtful about it there's probably some features that could be reflected on and improved upon yeah we can shake his fist and be frustrated and, and i think you and i are are fine with what declan had posted there and obviously i accentuated it uh, far and wide with a retweet but i think that that 
that expectation management is something we should always aspire to improve on because that's a really tough part of communication in any sector. Absolutely, absolutely. And the caveat to that, when when I make that comment, it's uh, it's not coming from um, a point of view from someone who who, who never has a patient who goes to the, down the road. I'd like to to think that um, uh, I practice physio at, at at a good standard. I do my very best, um, I remain evidence-based. I still will have patients who I have spent many sessions trying to get them on board with regards to exercise or regards to changing their perceptions about their pain. Uh, they'll come back in, in two months having cancelled an appointment and say, yeah, I went for laser therapy or I went for something else completely down the road. And it's like, okay, whatever I said didn't didn't strike a chord with them. So this is, you know, no one is immune to this and the patient has to find their own way. Remember, you can't change everyone. They're a human being as well, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that we've, we can only be a certain amount of persuasion yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then it becomes uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think as well, we, we need to learn as, as, as therapists in this particular space in conversation, we need to make sure we can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? We can be, we can scrutinize ourselves to think, right, how can we better manage expectation to inspire that patient to hopefully uh, be on board with our message and, and reflecting on the fact that we might even not be right, of course. But let's say we also need to simultaneously think, how can we make it so that some cowboy up the road can't bullshit to them for money, right? We can do those two things at the same time. They don't need to be exclusive. And if you've got, this, you've got, one, if you've got a group of people only doing one of those things, I'm dead skeptical. You know, if I've got someone that's just bashing a certain style of practice um, just for the sake, because that's their pet peeve, and you've got a group of people that are only talking about always look within you know there was always a way to unlock that if you just manage that expectation differently then i just think that the both of those things i'm not into i think that we it, they, they need to coexist and this conversation needs to be more mature to think it's not one or the other it's not one of the five things we've talked about today it is a bit of all of it and that only if we can have that in a professional way that also that doesn't get inferred to be a slanging match which i hope we, we, we're continuing to prove in this conversation and future ones between us and others i think that that's how we can get through this but I hope that that's not sort of naive as to how much I put on conversation, but I do think that getting off social media, even though this gets cast into social media and having these interactions, it feels like we make more progress than me and you back and forth and on Twitter. So I hope you agree. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I, as I said, I've got great respect for that. Great respect for what you're doing with that. Um, these are important, important conversations. I don't think, um, uh, we be uh, scared about rehashing uh, conversations. I don't think we should be scared with pushback on social media. I don't think we should be uh, scared with people disagreeing with us. That's good, you know. If everyone agreed with us, mm -hmm. it'd be it'd be boring. Um, it's it's about coming to those conversations in and accepting the pushback, taking it on board, responding um, in your best manner, and you know, and coming to agreement or disagreement in a in a in a good way because you know people practice in different ways. But what we should never compromise on is patient care we should all be you have a universal agreement that the patient comes first that the patient's care is at the forefront of what we want to do um, rather than putting ourselves and what we like to do ahead of that you know? fantastic certainly fantastic place for us to wrap up and i noticed we are out of time thank you so much i'm sorry we weren't able to get to all of the comments i mean Gronya's made a lovely one here that helps us wrap as well is that the public perception of physiotherapy remains incredibly misunderstood mm. in terms of role scope expertise and has huge implications especially in private practice with regards to the expectation piece that we talked about thank you so much there's so many of you in the comments section that i'd love to have on this show in various different things, not just on this topic, but beyond. So please do get in touch because that's what this is all about, is engaging more and more people in this conversation. And what a privilege, I can't believe my luck to
today to have had Thomas uh, from a back and forth on Twitter for us to have been able to get stuck into it like this. Thank you so much for your time on such short notice. Thomas. Um, I'm sorry again that you're not in the title sequence, etc., as you would have normally been if you'd have been a, a planned guest. So please point people in the direction of where they can find out a little bit more about you. Absolute pleasure, sir. Um, yeah. Is, is that an invitation for me to talk or you're just going to no, please, you know, please do let them know as to the uh, social media handles and the like. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit of insight, if you can, as to what you're studying at the moment. You said you got. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing a PhD in um, in uh, athletic back back pain. So I'm investigating the the uh, back back pain and getting football athletes uh, work for many years in um, in uh, London and just came back to Ireland about uh, four years to go to set up our clinic uh, called Evolve Health and uh, we run a lot of education seminars and working through a bit of a mix of private practice and a bit of a mix of PhD and teaching all in one bucket at the moment so it's really really enjoyable you know. Oh, mate, it sounds it. And I'm, I'm so I am over the moon to have uh, connected with you in this, you know, in this bizarre uh, context this morning. Hope it's not our last conversation, yeah, and especially with regards to other things you might have to, to talk about. But also, especially once you get your uh, your studies uh, further, then let's uh, let's talk about that. That I mean, it sounds like a fascinating topic in itself. So please know that, that my platform is yours. I'd love to have this conversation again, both on or off air. And uh, thanks for your time. Today. Jack, you're an uh, absolute gent. Thank you very much. Looking forward to having these chats again. One day in person, we'll have a good old pint. And Can't wait for it. Yeah, I mean, I won't be able to keep up with you on the Guinness. That's what I know for any Irishman. But uh, otherwise, let's uh, let's do that. I, I look forward to Absolute it. Pleasure. Take care. Take care.